gon' call me Jiggy when I'm home, they call me Snowman yeah. We ain't never home, but treat the city like the base, yeah You know where to look if you're looking for the wave, yeah Looking for the... Welcome to another episode of Eurostepping Podcast. Today, we got a good one. Snow, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. It's beautiful weather in Seattle. Mm. So yeah, I'm good. Mm. <laughs> beautiful weather in Seattle. That don't really sound right. Especially in the <laughs> Hey, man. It's a beautiful sunny day today, man. It's clear blue skies. I'm feeling good. You should. I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling real good about this guest too, man. He came in with the right energy before like we even got started. So it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm glad the weather, I'm glad the weather looking good out there, man. You should feel good because you don't get too many of these days. Anyway. <laughs> hey, we got a good one, man. A guy who's been grinding for a long time in Europe. Name known all around. Man, he's been giving a lot of buckets. I've been win winning a lot of places. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to run down some of his accolades he done racked up. He's been a Euro Challenge Final Four MVP. He's been a Euro Challenge champion. He's been an Israeli League champion. ABA League Finals MVP. ABA League champion. Russian League All-Symbolic First Team, VTB United League Hall of Fame, VTB United League All-Star, VTB United League Scoring Champ, VTB United League Champion. I'm getting kind of tired of talking about all this, but you know, we're going to keep going. <laughs> Two-time Greek Cup winner, Greek Basket League Champion, all Euro Cup second team, Euro Cup top scorer, FIBA Champions League star lineup, FIBA Champions League league MVP, All Euro League first team, and two-time Euro League top scoring trophy. Welcome to the show, Keith Lightfoot. Sir, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I, uh, I um, that list you just read down, I. I just I went to Wikipedia the other day, had the screenshot, and I actually um, had to do two screenshots to fit it all in there, man. So I appreciate you reading, <laughs> reading all the way down the list, man. I, I really do. I had to scroll up a little bit to, you know, make sure I got everything, but it's cool. It's cool, you know. That yeah, means yeah. Took 16 years, took 16 years to get a lot of that done, but let's let's see if we can add to it, man. Mm. Yeah. So, man. We want to jump straight in, man. You like you said, man. You done it all, man. Let's go. Um, I kind of want to start early in your career, so help us help our viewers understand before we get to your pro stuff. We're gonna get there. That's the show's Euro step. We're gonna get to all your European stuff. But can you tell the viewers uh, how'd you end up picking Kansas and why? Okay, so uh, I'll I'll try to make a long story short, but um, okay, Kansas uh, Kansas actually kind of picked me. Um, I committed to Ole Miss as a junior in high school. Um, mm. I wasn't highly recruited. Coming out of my sophomore year, I was uh, about 6'1", 6'2". I was a starting power forward on my high school team. As mm. in my, best, my best friend got invited to an AAU tryout, and he asked me to go with him because he didn't want to go by himself. I ended up going to the tryout. Um, was terrified. Everybody there pretty much had big names. It was 
Jason Maxfield, Gracie Wright, mm-hmm. um, a lot of guys, uh, Darren Williams. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, like from the area that became pros at that time. So uh, anyway, what ends up happening is uh, I end up in the trial, I end up making the team and my friend gets cut. And so um, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's wild, man. And so, um, so anyway, so what ends up happening is that uh, so I start to get recruited. Um, I go on the summer circuit with them that sophomore summer. And then I end up getting recruited by like Paris Junior College, North Texas, McMurray State, some stuff, places like that. And then out of nowhere, I get a letter from Ole Miss. And then I get invited to Nike camp. And then uh, before even seeing the campus or anything, you know, me, my mom, my brother, we sit down and we like, oh man, this is Ole Miss. This is the SEC. You know, right. at least we get to play against Kentucky and Florida every year. You know, man, Keith, you might want to take this. So I say, boom. Never been to Oxford, Mississippi. Don't know nothing about Ole Miss basketball. I tell the coach, yeah, I'm coming to Ole Miss. So commit to Ole Miss. Then I go through my junior, my junior year, junior summer, play, go to Nike camp again, playing great. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, I get back to school and my college coach is like, I mean, my high school coach is like, hey, Keith, I got a call today from Arizona, Cincinnati, and Kansas. <laughs> He's like, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? And I was like, man, I said, nah, but you know, I, I stuck, I held to my commitment. So like I held to my commitment, kept going. Um, and then finally later, like the school year started. And then finally uh, at Kansas, what ended up happening was uh, Chuck Hayes, Daniel Ewing, uh, Allen Anderson, uh, Deshaun Stevenson goes pro. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who else was it? There was one more guy. They, anyway, they all end up saying no. So it's five. These these five things had to happen. They all end up saying no, and Kansas is left without a wing player for mm. 2001. And so they're like, look, uh, Coach Doherty at the time, you know, God rest his soul, he, he's passed since. Uh, Neil Doherty who ended up being the head coach of TCU. Mm-hmm. He said, look, Coach Williams likes Keith. You know, we need a guard. Um, uh, you know, we we want we want him, but we're not going to recruit him unless he decommits from Mississippi. Mm. And so, yeah, at that point, man, you know, I, me and my family, we had been locked in Ole Miss and everything. So anyway, I go visit Ole Miss finally for the first time. And man, you know, I'm from Texas, and I thought I was from the South, man. But if you've never been to Oxford, Mississippi, then that's 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 the South. That's the South, man. So we go to Oxford, and man, that, that 48 hours, you know. No disrespect to any old Miss alum or fans on that, that see this thing, man. But I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. No way I can live here uh, and, and, and go through this. And so anyway, we get back and I'm like, I tell my mom I want to decommit. Decommit from old Miss. It's difficult process. You know, my mom cried. I cried. It was, it was very tough. Um, and then so anyway, we open it back up. Arizona tells me no. They end up taking Salim Stoudemire. You know, the ties with uh, Damon Stoudemire, his nephew. Mm-hmm. And then so it comes down to Cincinnati and Kansas. And I go to the Cincinnati visit. Cincinnati visit is before Kansas. I visit Cincinnati. I get off the plane, come back home. I have, I have a great time. I mean, Kenny Satterfield was my host. Uh, Steve Logan. I mean, mm-hmm. some people don't remember these guys, but man, they- No, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. So y'all, y'all know I'm not speaking Chinese right now. So no. yes, it, it, it was an incredible visit. Uh, actually, on my visit, Kenya Martin had, uh, had just left had just left and they were having a preseason game. His first preseason game with the Nets was at 
the um was at Cincinnati's gym. Oh yeah, that's man. Great. I, I met I met Big O, met King, kicked it with all of them dudes. Um and uh even it was Steven Jackson's first game with uh the Nets as well, man. He had just grinded back up from, you know, Crazy. the old thing. He, he was just getting back into the league. And so we was all kicking in and hanging out. Like, so I get back off the plane. Keith, one second. Was was Donald Little on that team? Donald Little was there too, man. Okay, this yeah. All stuff went down. Yeah. Right. Donald, <laughs> Donald Little was there. Yeah, but he was cool, man. Listen, I'm, I can say this now because I'm so far moved. Don, Donald Little took me in the closet. I got Cincinnati gear. He gave me all the per diem they gave him. He gave me on a visit. Like, we was cool, man. I was, I was in his crib. We was hang, I was hanging out with Don Little. Like, so, yeah, that's, it's funny you say he that. He was – the first team I played on in Europe, he was my teammate for a little bit. Did he tell you that story? He didn't give me the whole rundown, but he gave me a little bit of it, so hey, I thought I saw it in there. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to get that from you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh? Was Emmanuel McElroy on that team? Emmanuel McElroy was there too, man. I, I was gonna throw his name out there, but I wasn't sure if you guys would recognize it or not. Yeah, nah, yeah, we, yeah, we in it, we here. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, him, Phil Williams was was on the team as well, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, man. I, I was uh, Leonard Stokes. I mean, man, it, yep. was, it was all of those guys were there, and um, and I was like, I fell in love with it, loved the campus. Um, my teammate, my AAU teammate, Jason Maxfield, who ended up playing for the Pistons, he was going there, and so I was like, I'm going. And I get, I went on a visit by myself. I get off the plane, I land, my mom's there waiting on me. And I'm like, yeah, I told Coach Huggins I was coming to Cincinnati. And she looked me dead in the face was like, no, you're not. <laughs> and so I was like, what do you mean, no, I'm not? She was like, no, you're going to visit Kansas. And then you make your decision after that. And then needless to say, man, I, you know, obviously as a 17 as a year old, you know, you bow down to what your mom says. And so I go on to visit to Kansas. They had a, they had a, uh, they had a preseason game, exhibition game. That's what you call it in college. They had an exhibition game against EA Sports. And, man, I walked in the field house for the first time. And, you know, needless to say, Drew Gooden was my host, Kirk Heinrich. And, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I came with them boys for that. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to come here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but it was crazy, man. Like, literally within – from, like, April, May – up to that point of like November of my of my senior year, my my senior year of high school, like all of this stuff happened though, from like mm -hmm. Ole Miss to to getting recruited by these schools and and also all this happened in a short window, man. So I literally got recruited to these schools. I'm telling you for a couple months, and then I, okay. I didn't make the decision, and then ended up at Kansas. And 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 the only reason why all of that happened, had that not happened, I probably would have ended up at Cincinnati because. There's no opportunity if Chuck Hayes, Allen Anderson, right. Sean Jackson doesn't go pro. All of these guys don't commit. So that's how I ended up there. So I always tell guys a lot, like, people end up at these big schools, but doesn't mean that you were their first choice. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of have the, the Kansas tag, but that really wasn't, you know, my story starting out. Right. So you go to Kansas. Your, your, your freshman year is cool. But your sophomore year, you, you go crazy. Junior year, you still go crazy. Senior year, you go crazy. So three years in a row, you're about 15, 16 a night. Where's your head at? You thinking you're getting drafted? Like, where's your head at in that moment? And then tell us kind of, can you break down that story, your yeah. draft yeah. process, and then kind of just how that whole time went for you and where you where you at mentally? Okay. Look at all. So, so my sophomore year, um, I was uh, – we, we're in New Orleans and we're about to play, uh, you know, we beat – 
Marquette in the Final Four and we're about to play Syracuse. And at that time, like, man, in the hotel, like, me and Aaron Miles are roommates on the road. And so, like, in the hotel, like, man, I'm getting crazy calls by agents to the to the hotel room. They're like, Keith, you know, you come out. You got to come out, this and that. And I'm like, you know, ah, oh, man, I don't know. But, like, literally, like, I have no idea how these guys are getting this information. But, I mean, that's part of the hustle. You know, everybody figures it out. So, yeah. Like, um, and then so finally, I end up, I don't know why at that time, but, like, you so – you trust, you know, the uh, the atmosphere you're in so much, like with the, the college coaches and the, the team, and you're so focused. So up, anyway, I end up telling the coaching staff, and they end up turning the phone off in the room or whatever. So anyway, so at that point, I'm thinking like, me and Jeff Graves, uh, I was I was pretty close with Jeff Graves, and Jeff Graves had an awesome uh, run to an attorney that year too. And so we both said, look, if we win this, we're gonna come out, like we're gonna come out and we're gonna roll, because so my sophomore year was by far my best year playing college basketball. Mm-hmm. So, I um anyway we ended up losing to Syracuse and then Coach Williams leaves and then like we're kind of sitting there and then like like at that point I'm like I'm out like I'm I, there's nothing to talk about like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. literally like, I'm telling them I told my boys Jeff uh, Jeff Hawkins Wayne Simeon Aaron Miles Mike Lee tell them all like man man it was great great too you know I'm rolling and then Aaron like pulls me aside he's like no nah, Keith come on man like he's like look we're gonna run this back. He said, we're going to win this shit. We're going to go to three straight fours. And then we're going to show Roy that he shouldn't have left us. Mm. We're going to all roll together as juniors. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do that. Let's do it. So, Cosell comes in. And, man, and so we're going all the way through that year. It's, it's rocky. It's up and down. But we're all playing well. You know, and we end up in the Elite Eight. You know, lose to Jared Jack and Will Bynum and those guys in uh, Georgia Tech. But... What ends up happening, man, is that my knee started hurting in February. And I was like, oh, something's wrong. Like, you know, I'm losing my explosiveness. I'm having pain and I'm taking injections and stuff before the game. And anyway, I end up getting an MRI. And uh, the doctor tells me, Keith, uh, you know, he's like, you need surgery after the season. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, because I, I had a scope before, I had a meniscus at that point. And he was like, no, nah. he was like, this is a little more serious. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, he's like, you, got, you need microfracture surgery. I was like, I, at that time, I had no idea what that meant. He was like, no, no, no. He's oh. like, he was like, uh, he's like, it's going to be four to six months. And I was like, four to six. I said, but I'm all right. Like, I, can, I can still play. Like, what do you mean four to six months? And he was like, no. He's like, this is the same surgery that Mark Stoudemire, yep. Yep. Jamal Mashburn, Darius Miles, Jason Kidd. Like, all of these guys are having the surgery. He's like, no, this, this is serious. And so I'm like, so, so that time, he tells me that right before, this is like, February, like, so March, right before the uh, Big 12 tournament and going to the NCAA tournament. So anyway, so I delayed the surgery until after the season. And then so I had a surgery right after we lose to Georgia Tech. Then that summer, we went to Canada, like, on an exhibition tour. My knee started, it's still bothering me. I tried to come back. It still bothered me in July. And so they go back in and, and do it again to, like, to read, to, like, clean up, like, a debridement, to clean, do some more cleaning. And then, so this is July going into my senior year. Like, obviously, I can't enter draft. I just had surgery twice. I mean, I just had surgery. I just had microfracture surgery. So I was going to be out for six months. So I wasn't entering the draft, which derailed that whole plan with Aaron mm. and the guys. And then, so I had surgery again in July. And then, September of my senior year, my other knee starts hurting. And I'm like, and so they go through the MRI and they like, Keith, the, the same thing's happening in the other knee. Yeah. <laughs> 
I said, no, like, so like literally I'm on the floor, I'm in tears and like, so they had to go in and do a market, like it wasn't a full microphone, but they had to do like a, a smaller version of it because they could see it mm -hmm. developing. So I've had three surgeries in like seven months on two on my right knee and one on my left knee. And I've already had one meniscus the year before. So like that's four certain. So, so I started my senior year off terrible. I'm averaging like nine points a game. I'm like 230 pounds. I'm overweight. Mm -hmm. Coach Self on my ass, calling me fat every day, talking shit. <laughs> I mean, which, okay, like at the time I hated him, but looking back now, you know, mentally, you know, it put me in a different place. But um, so anyway, so I ended up getting it together, you know, averaging, like you said, about 14, 15. But then we lose in the first round of Bucknell, man. And yep. so, and so, and literally, but before, well, a lot of people don't know, before the Bucknell, like I, I was, my, knee, my knees were hurting my whole senior year, man. My knees were hurting because I was pushing through and I was out of shape and trying to like get everything back. So anyway, um, I, I was started taking Toradol injections during the season. Mm. And then so what happened is like, uh, probably towards the end of the Big 12 season, about two or three games before the Big 12 ended, I ended up having, I ended up having an allergic reaction. So I go to the hospital, I missed the last part of the Big 12 season, I missed the Big 12 tournament. And then we go into the first round and we're playing Bucknell. I th I'm gonna say we were three seed. They were fourteen. I don't. It's three fourteen or four thirteen. I'm not sure. Um, and three so, fourteen. Okay, three fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, so coach like Keith, like you know, okay, we're gonna sit you out this game. I think you know, like if 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 Wisconsin wins, we'll have them in the second round. I think at that time they had the kid that got drafted to the Suns. I can't remember his name, but he he was big time. It was it had a wing, but anyway, he was saying that like gonna give you more time to practice and get ready. And um, and so I was like, okay, cool. So you're gonna come off the bench and Mike Lee's gonna start. I was, I, he was like, you won't play if we if we don't need you. So he was mm -hmm. like, like we, we should be able to manage this game and be all right. So I'm so literally my last game of my career, I'm sitting on the bench thinking, all right, this Bucknell, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just kind of there, you know, I'm chilling. And then like, man, it's going, it's tight. It's tight, man. And like, and now mind you, I've been in like, even in our final four runs, like, we had tight games, like, against Holy Cross. Like, we were right. one key. Like, Holy Cross took us down to, like, the last two or three minutes. Like, you know, we were scared, like, literally. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of like, all right, cool. That was tight. You know, we, we'll get up by, like, seven, nine, and they'll cut it to, like, three. And then, like, man, at one point, it gets close. And then, like, in the first half, and, like, it don't feel right. And Coach kind of gives me that look. He was like, <laughs> because <laughs> right. it was just it was uncomfortable man I was like all right I'll go but like literally I haven't practiced I literally just had spent like a week 10 days in the hospital and um I get up off the bench man and we played and we tried man we gave it our best but I, Bucknell was Bucknell they had some seniors and they were tough man and they just mm. had some big ass shots and they beat us so anyway we lose and then now mind you my numbers aren't great they're, they're lower than they have been the last couple mm -hmm. of years. We lose in the first round. And I go into the draft process. Like, my knees are hurting. And we, I, but I still get invited to Chicago. I don't have to go to Portsmouth. I go to Chicago. And then what ends up happening, man, is that, like, um, anybody who's been to, like, the draft process, they have, like, like, when teams inquire about you, they have, like, the medicals. There's a day where they do, like, mm -hmm. everybody. And so, like, you're kind of sitting there. Everybody's, like, sectioned off. And you're sitting there. And uh, like they have like one like team medical guy that's assigned to you. 
Like, and it's, it's random. So, like, and the guy that was assigned to me, it's funny, his name was Keith. It was the guy from the Houston Rockets, the guy with the glasses that's, that's pretty popular that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. The, the trainer from the Rockets, so anyway. And so, man, while he was he was sitting there, and it's all about the way it works is all the teams that are interested in you, they come and they're standing around and they want him to read your medical history. He's like, microfracture, 2009. <laughs> second microfracture no, no, no. Like, no, no, no. he's reading it down and like and I'm looking and like my, my stomach is like churning man and I'm looking and everybody's like hmm yeah yeah and then so man so um, <laughs> so and I only I only ended up doing like seven workouts because um, a lot of people was turned off by the way my senior year went and the injury history and so when yeah. it came down to it I pretty much knew you know when the time came that I wasn't going to get drafted. So it, 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 it relieved the sting a little bit of it. Not yeah. I, could, I could see it coming for and I was already prepared. But it still, it, the thing that hurt the most was that I had the opportunity to go sooner and I didn't do. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what hurts. It hurts more than not being drafted is that like I didn't strike and then so I end up. But I mean, you know, it, I'm, I'm here now, so I wouldn't have never been here. Right. I'd have been there. So, so that's so that's kind of what happened, man. And then I started I started working the chicken circuit like everybody else, man. Some of these and you know just like, trying to get a dollar here and there, you know, end up playing the USBL. I, I did all that. Yep. So you do that, and then you finally after rock after all these different camps and like you said, you called it the chicken circuit. I didn't. You did. <laughs> so you ran through that. And then you finally go overseas and you go play A2 Italy. Right? That's your start to European basketball. Yeah. Can you talk to, to the, our viewers about how what, – what, where was your head at when you finally said, you know what, I'm going overseas, man. I ain't going to keep chasing this. I'm going overseas. Right. So it, it was two things. One, I was broke, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I took $70,000 from an agent. When I left school, mm-hmm. I spent all of it. Spent all of it. But I was I was in Los Angeles shopping, doing all the dumb st- stuff that kids still do now, but they shouldn't do. Um, yep. They take money from my agent, um, put a down payment on a Hummer. I did all that, man. I did all of it. And no, hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. I need. I don't. I don't want to breeze past that because a lot of our viewers are these young guys coming up behind us, right? Okay. And that. That's something we really got to hammer home. Um, so can you please say a little bit more about some of the bad decisions you made in that process yeah. that you maybe not would change because you learned so much, but you would just steer others away from it? Okay, so, so really what happens is so in Kansas, really so what happens is you see, boom, you see Drew Gooden go off the board. Boom, you see Kirk Hines. Boom, you see Nick Collison. Boom, you see Wayne Simeon. Boom, you see all these guys. So what ends up happening is like, they go, they get drafted, and then they roll, they come back. Man, Kirk got the navigator on 26s. He, he got the he got the range on the thun. He got the deal with this, and he got the big chain with the, he came back for his birthday. He had this big crazy chain on, and it was like, I mean, and it's first of all, the pressure is crazy. So you see the money, you see the pressure, and it's like, man, I gotta do that too. And so automatically you feel that I need the whip. I need the clothes, I need the jewelry, I need the, I need to fit in, I need to keep going, keep climbing this ladder mm-hmm. and that's the way it looks. So, man, so I, I fell victim to it too. So when I come out, the agent's like, and, by, and, and the first thing, like, the agent I ended up signing with had been flying my mom to games, 
Mm-hmm. Just, like throughout the season and stuff, you know, just kind of sowing the seeds the whole time. Like anybody was like, you got to cut that off from the beginning. Like, yes. Yes. You got to cut that off from the beginning. Listen, if, if your mom been watching on TV all this time, she can watch a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> uh, if your get that little rental car and put them miles on it. Grab your uncle, your homie from the city or something, man. Let them let ride with you. But you can't, you can't let them guys, you know, anchor you down with, with those kinds of perks. And so that ended up happening. And then so at the end, he's like, hey, look, all right. He's like, so he was like, what you need? I was like, what you mean what I need? He was like, he was like, well, you know, now you're a pro. He was like, what you, you know, he was like, you want to get a car? You want to go? You want to do something? You know, you got to pay for your training. You got to do this and that. And I was like, oh, I was saying, well, shit, I can't do that. And he was like, no, he's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. He was like, what you, he was like, what you need? I was like, you know, and I don't really understand money at that yeah. time. So I'm like, he, and so when he, he throws out the number, he was like, what you need, 50, 100? I was like, like, yeah, yeah, I need that. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what you, what? He's like, tell him. I was like, well, no, nah, whatever you think. Cause I, you know what I mean? So I'm letting him do it. So he's like, all right, look, we're gonna get you this line of credit for 30 right here. And he was like, you got another line for 15. And then he was like, then I'ma just, and then he was, then I had like, he gave me like five cash. And then the other was just like, uh, was just a straight loan from like a, from a financial advisor with a, that was working with this firm or whatever. So I took- A loan it. shark. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, actually, no, he was, he was, it was a for a tangible firm. Okay. It was, it was an actual firm, but he, okay. he, he had a okay. athletes though, so he wasn't a shark, but, but, but I mean, no, he, he, he ended up being a shark because, shark. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go, <laughs> there you go, but these guys, man, like, and, 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 he, and these were brothers too, which, which really was like, you know, kind of like, made me feel more Earth. comfortable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so and that. So anyway, so I end up taking that money, man. So what? What guys don't understand? What what guys need to understand is that if you aren't, first of all, if you aren't a guaranteed top ten, a top five, or one of them, even those guys shouldn't be taking it. But if you know you gonna have trouble maybe paying this back, if you have even the slightest question, that means you shouldn't be doing it. First, yep, you shouldn't. Be. And then what? Two, what guys don't understand is that if you take seventy thousand and you blow it. You're really blowing through 140,000 because you have yeah. 70,000, and then now you got to pay back 70,000. So that's 140,000 worth of capital that's gone. And so now you're like, and then so, and God, guys, don't understand. And I didn't understand that until like I had nothing to show for it. I had a, a fucking expensive Hummer payment. I had no need for an H2 at that time. I ain't had a house. So I got an H2, <laughs> no money. And then my first contract, H2 Italy, was for 160K. And I had to pay seventy thousand dollars of that back to the agent, to the financial advisor, yeah. and to, you know the, the line of credits that, that they had gave me. And so when I ended up coming home from A two Italy, I had eleven thousand dollars. Jesus. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, I, I've I've blown a lot of money through the years. My first couple of years, you know, not knowing. <laughs> Come from. <laughs> hey, he know he knows something. Alvin knows something. <laughs> he, knows something. Now, he probably know. He, he knows me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you can imagine. Right, right, right. You know, we didn't know. No one was there to teach that, us. That's right. That's right, man. And we, and we just and we don't know money, and we and what we don't understand it is dangerous. Tell yeah. me this, Keith. Speak when you when you tell that story. This this is what I try to tell these young guys because I. We, we do the podcast, but I'm also an agent myself now, right? Okay. okay. Um, and so one of the things I tell guys, I say, if a guy is giving you this money, 
right? Mm. There's no he's not actually making an investment in you. You gotta pay that back. You gotta pay that back. 100%. You, he's he's selling it to you as if he's making an investment in you. Right. He's not. He's not. He's, not. he's competing with his with his with his counterparts. He's competing. Yes. He wants to he wants to put the money in your pocket before they do. Yes. I'll bid them as well. And so and the biggest thing that these agents have is just the lack of understanding with, with the finances. And so yeah. a lot of us, we don't, unfortunately, we don't come from money and our parents don't come from money. And so when you don't understand what, like owing somebody, what, what, how that really anchors you and mentally and like, you know, mm -hmm. that, that money could be going towards your family, that money, and, and you've been poor or you've been without this for so long. Why is it, is it it's not really going to hurt you? Yeah, that, and that that concept is hard to grasp. But if you can get over the pressure of your peers, some if if your peers get he gets drafted, he's top ten or he's a one and done or something like that. If you can get over that pressure, well, man, maybe maybe it might take me three or four years. Maybe it might take me, you know, a little longer than what this guy's process is. If you can rationalize that, you can save yourself a lot of financial harm going forward. Yeah. So, so boom, we let's wrap that up. Get to now you're in Italy. Okay, so now you you. You run through that, you run through your money, um, you got $11,000 leaving Italy, and you got to figure out how you're going to navigate the summer um, with $11,000, right? <laughs> right? So now, but you're going into year two. You have a good year, and you're going into year two. Yes. So, so now, can you, can you tell, we didn't get a chance to talk about some of the things, like some of the differences mm. um, okay. between being in the States and being in college, and then Europe, what were some of the cultural shocks you dealt with even right. coming over? Like, well, wait, before, wait, wait, before we get to that, before you even got on that plane and you figured you was coming to another part of the world, Great what question. was you thinking? Great question. Listen, man, <laughs> I had no concept of Europe, but I'm thinking like, I said, man, I'm going to Italy, man, when I touch down, it's about to be like buildings everywhere, it's about to be clean and just, I don't know, like this is like real, just future, futuristic type stuff, and just society. I mean, just something like pristine and unimaginable. I was like, man, this is gonna be crazy. Like, this is gonna be way better in the states. Like, it was gassed up to me so crazy by my agent and everything. He was like, oh man, he's like, you're gonna be like, he was like, he said it's, it's gonna be like, uh, like you going right outside of Milan. It's gonna be like. You driving um, on, <laughs> you live in the suburbs. You gonna be like, you live in the suburbs, and you just driving into town any anytime you want to. Man, it's gonna be great restaurants, it's great shopping, everything there. So I'm like, oh, cool, Milan. And like at that time, like I don't think people understand, like oh five, oh six, like Google ain't really happening like that. So like you can't just hop on the joint and just like, hey Milan or you know Cremona and just like look at Italy like that. You really kind of just gotta go by like TV or movies and you know, your own what hearsay and what people are telling you. So I'm getting on the plane thinking, and then the guy on the, first of all, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the way back on the plane. I might, I might've been sitting on the wing on the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> I might've been strapped in that wing, fam. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy that's on the plane, I take, and this, this is another big mistake for your guys, young guys listening. I take my best friend with me. Like, cause I have no kind like, I'm making 160,000. I'm like, man, you see this? Like, man, it's 160. Like, we good. We good, man. So, and it's crazy because at that time, like, I, I didn't have an email. I didn't have nothing. So, the team, the team sent me 
the um the contract was fax. So I had to go to my best friend's house because his mom had a fax machine. And so the joints coming through the fax machine, and we and he like, I've already told him what the contract is for. And he like, he like, man, like for real, like, he's like, you ain't they go they pay you that much to go overseas and play. I'm like, yeah, bro, like they about to send the contract. He's like, come on, so I give him the fax number. And we watching it come through the fax machine. And like, when it comes through, like, I kid you not, man, like we're both like, first of all, he look at me and he's in tears. Like tears start coming. He's like, hey, he was like, can yeah, we good? He was like, we good. He's like, we started making all these plans. And he like, man, oh. And so, man, anyway, we, I, he comes with me. We get on the plane, get on like, man, this is my line. And the dude the, the, is a black guy. He's a flight attendant on the plane. He's like, oh, y'all going to Milan? He's like, hey, man, y'all love it, man. He's like, uh, he was like, where exactly are you going to be in Milan? And I was like, well, no, it ain't really in Milan. It's like a little bit outside, but it's, you know, and I'm trying to describe to him. He's like, no, I, don't, I ain't never heard of that. So I'm like, all right. But anyway, so he tell, he's telling me about Milan. He's like, oh, man, the pizza and the thigh. And he's like, oh, man, you're going to love this and that. And so I'm like, yeah, man, it's what we're saying, man. We good. So man, we get there and we land. I'm like, I'm like, man, where are all the buildings? Where are all the like, where are all the lights? Where are all the like, why are all the cars is hatchbacks? Why is like, what's up with all the spray paint and the what's going on? Like, what's man, we get into Milan and like, and like, actually, you know what? I take that back. We didn't even see Milan. We're driving past. I'm like, man, where is Milan? Like, we just we just drive, man, and we end up driving for like two and a half hours, man. I'm like, and so as we drive, I'm asking the guy, I was like, I said, hey, how far are we from Milan, man? He was like, oh, yeah, we're about two hours away. I was like, hold on, man. <laughs> like, this guy told me, I was like, I could ride into the city every day for dinner. He was like, no, it's impossible. Like, just matter of fact. Like <laughs> matter, real matter of fact, like, he didn't give a damn about, like, what dude he told me before I got over there, so I get there, man get to the gym and the first thing I realized, boom, facilities are not what they are in the States. Like, especially, I don't give a damn if you come from Kansas or if you come from mid-major, even at the mid-majors, you have arenas with, that are clean with fold seat, fold out seats and lights. And I mean, uh, air conditioning, heat, whatever. You got ice on deck whenever you want it. You got your own stall in the locker room. Listen, man, I get there. It's the gym got one only seats on one side. I mean, like, and in the locker room, there's like there's no there's no stars. There's just two benches in the locker room with hooks up on, yeah. the, on the wall. And yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, what's the, you know? And then I get I see the toilets. The toilet like, they don't even have a toilet. It's the, it's the one with the hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, yo, what's what's going on? Like, what where am I? Like, what is like this ain't. This ain't what you. This ain't what he sold me. You know what I'm saying? And then so, and at that time, it ain't. It ain't no WhatsApp. It ain't no like. I can't just. Yeah. You know, it ain't no SIM card where I can just pick up my my jack from the states and call back. Instant Messenger, MSN, oh Yahoo. <laughs> I mean, all that AOL. You got right, that. right. And there's no, and and man, I just uh, and so at that point, I did, I made another mistake, and so. Upon passing the physical, they give you 5,000 cash. And then so, you know, my best friend, my man's is with me. So we get the five and we like, yo, where's Milan? Like, we, <laughs> they give you the team car. And you know, when, at them, when you play in the second division, the team car got the gorilla marketing on it. So they got the whole team print on it. Mm -hmm. so the, 
in the Volkswagen with the team logo all over it. And we like, yo, I don't know how we're going to get them along, but we about to get there. Like, ain't no GPS in the phone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you got to hit the A2, and then you just run the A2 for 30 minutes, and then when you see the sign, you get off right there. <laughs> like, that's, that's, how, that's how you had to get there. So, man, anyway, we end up finding it, man. We first thing we hit Louis store. I bought a duffel. I bought my man some shoes. I might have walked out of that. I walked out of that Louis store with some coins. With some <laughs> Terrible. My man still got them shoes though to this day. <laughs> he still got them. But then that's that was that was my first experience though, man. Like I was like, yo, this is like the facilities and not being able to have things like ice, the extra t-shirt, yeah. socks, tights, all of those things on demand. Like you realize that like, that's all oh, that's done. That is over with immediately. Listen, listen. Shoes. I, go ahead, Doug. The free shoes, everything. Free shoes, oh yeah, all that, all that. You got, you got to bring all that. You got to, right. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So here's, here's what's crazy. You're where you are now though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You made it from you made what what in you dog what what in you was different to where you had the willingness to grind to get from that right all the way through you made it to Euro League you made it to like what what was because there's so many guys like I got a guy I just spoke to last week who wanted to quit because he didn't have ice who wanted to quit and go home because he didn't have water on the table at, at okay. dinner because the team wasn't providing water or juice oh, no. he wanted to go home. Yeah. Give, give him, give him my number. Give him. And as you do, probably too. You know, a lot of guys who go in that type of circumstance, and it's over for them. They're going back home because they can't. Right. Play. That's right. So, That's what, right. what what gave you the drive to just keep on pushing? Right. So, <clears throat> at at that time, initially, it was. Um, I always wanted to. I still wanted to play in the NBA at that time. So I was like, my focus was, if I want to get to the league, um, you know, this is, this is what I have to do. So I still wasn't two feet in, in Europe completely. And, but the good thing I had, I had a really good European agent, man. And, and the European agent, like his name is Nick Lotos. He's, he represented Mike Batiste, the, all the way back to Alfonso Ford, the guy who the, the trophy is named after. I mean, he's very, he represents, uh, even now, Milos Tidosic, Shane Larkin. I mean, he listen, he, he's a big-time guy, man. And not only from a sense of, like, he brings money, you know, in big contracts, but he had the foresight to tell me. He was like, look, Keith, he was like, first of all, he was like, you have an offer from a team called Albert Berlin. He was like, you have no idea what that means, but you have an offer for 300000 And I was like, oh, shit, let's go. Like, what's what you going He was like, no, 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 no. We're going to go to second division in Italy. And you're gonna learn how to live in Europe. Yes. Yes. And you're gonna, and they're they're gonna let you make mistakes. Yes. That you're not able to make here at Albert Berlin. Yep. He, he was like, listen, if you do this, he was like, you're good enough to trust me. He was like, you can make a million dollars a year playing basketball in Europe. And I was like, man, I yep. was like, yeah. So he was like, listen, he's like, take the sacrifice now. He was like, I'll give you the kind of like, I'm your agent. I can't tell you not, I can't not give it to you. But he was like, look, I'm telling you, if you, if you turn down this 300 and take this 160, he was like, I yep. promise you, you'll be making, you'll make seven figures annually for the, the prime of your career. And so he was like, you need to do this. And so 
and I did it, man. And I mean, I just, you know, I, I trusted him because I was at rock bottom, you know what I mean, in my career. As far as, like I said, I was in debt. I didn't know Europe. I didn't understand things. And so at that point, when you're at rock bottom, you know, you kind of like, and somebody's extending your lifeline, you know, you have to, you know, trust and, and like, hey, look, like, if I can't play in the NBA, and then, and then this is what he told me that really convinced me at the end. He said, look, if you want, you want to play in the NBA, right? I said, yes. And he was like, you go back. And he was like, if you may, if somebody gives you a contract in the NBA, that's fine. He was like, but while you're over here, listen to what I'm saying. And if you follow what I'm saying exactly, if you don't make the NBA, I promise you this is going to work out. If you do mm -hmm. it like this. And so I was like, he was like, and if you do it like this, and then you go play in the NBA, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I had a year in Europe and it was, it was, it was fun. So, and, and then when he said that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then so when I, when I gave him my word and I said that this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it exactly like that. I ain't thinking about the 300. And then so, and then from there I, I went in, man. And I treated, I treated that, that, excuse me, I treated that shit like it was game seven of the finals every time I went out there. And mm. I made my mistakes, but I mean, he was calling me every day. And I had, my first coach was Andrea Trinchieri, the guy that's the head coach for yep. Iron Man. Yep. And so man, he was, and I mean, the guy, you know, I, I swear by him even to this day, he was hard on me, man, but he really taught me what it was like, how to play in Europe and still keep my game at the same time. Mm -hmm. it was, he incorporated beautifully. And so like the whole way that him, my agent, and they they masterminded that thing. It was, it was the perfect it was the perfect scenario. That's incredible, man. I um, there's so many guys, and not just guys. I mean, agents specifically mm -hmm. that just chase the dollar and don't understand what you just described. Right. Um, I can tell you, and I don't want to make this about me or my guys no, or anything I'm, like I'm that. Listening, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I got I got a young kid in Serbia right now, right. Mm -hmm who's going through the exact same thing. Right. Can you talk a little bit about during that time when you were in Italy and you're, I know for, I know you're killing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about the noise? Like you got your agent who's telling you this, just stay the course. It's going to be just fine. Just stay the course. And I'm right. sure other agents probably are reaching out. Yes, and you're absolutely. Getting absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to, push out the noise and just stick to the grind and, work and stay present and we're in the place that you were at. Right? right. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, um, so what ended up happening was, um, so I'm not gonna lie, like I had my battles with that. Like, you know, it wasn't, mm -hmm. once, I, once I did say, said I locked in, like I still had, like I still had one for them, one for that. I was doing that. Hey man, did you see he got hurt? Man, maybe they can use this or man, what they doing? Like, man, I, I can go there next year or this and that. And man, and my guy, he was just so patient. And like all of those questions I had and all those times I would come in, he was just like, Keith, look, he was like, nothing's gonna change right now. He was like, he was like, if somebody twists their ankle in the NBA, they're not thinking about you. And he and that's the he was so honest with me, man. And that was that's yeah. the thing. And I think one thing young guys need to understand, and that's one thing I've I've never been sensitive to the truth and criticism. One thing that he needs to under, like that when young guys need to understand is that when you're when somebody close to you tells you the truth and you start to feel uncomfortable, that's when you need to start listening. You start listening at that when that shit start bubbling up inside and you like, man, oh, yeah, like yeah. that's the moment when you gotta like lock in and be like, what can I get from this? Because if yeah. it's uncomfortable, 
like that's that's your moment for growth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if if every if you rocking with somebody, especially somebody you work with, and everything is just streamlined, and you keep hearing what you want, you keep hearing what you want, man, you're gonna be so much more hurt if the results when it don't work out. You know what I'm saying? And so me and my agent like, hey, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dog, I can't tell you how powerful what you just said was, dog. That is, oh, that is true. game. Please run that back. Please, yeah. I mean, just run that back. Right, right. <laughs> so, so here's, here's, all right, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. So here's the thing: when somebody you're working with, is like I said, somebody you're close to, but especially when somebody you're working with and you're in business with, when they start telling you something that makes you uncomfortable and makes you want to rebuttal and it starts bubbling up inside you and you start getting angry and sensitive and all that, at that moment, that's when it should click and you need to start listening because there's, there's wisdom in all of that. Because if you, if whatever somebody's telling you, if it's smooth and it's rolling and all that, man, like, first of all, you wouldn't even be, I wouldn't have been in A2 Italy, your man wouldn't be in Serbia right now if everything was going smooth with what everybody told us, you know, from the beginning, from high school and college and all that if all if it like we wouldn't even be here to begin with so at that point in time when it's uncomfortable man that's when you have your growth and i think it is so difficult to understand that especially like it, okay back then it was uncomfortable so i can only imagine how it is now with with the gram and yeah. everybody flexing so crazy and i mean the pressure it's got it's got to be immense for somebody who's already not comfortable in their own skin but but man whenever your man's tell you something that don't feel good, that's when you got to lock in at that moment. You got to fight all of that. You got to fight all of that in you. So, yeah. So, Keith, man, you, you've been into a lot of countries that you played in. You played in Russia, Greece, Italy, all over, big teams. You won championships. You've been scoring leaders. Right. We've all experienced a lot, seen a lot being in Europe. What would you say the craziest story or the craziest thing that you've seen on or off the court? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so my first year in Russia, no, my second year in Russia, right? So like, this is my second, this is like, I, I my second seven figure contract, right? So like, I'm, I'm, I've climbed the ladder and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to establish myself. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And, Everybody knows Russia is a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little wild, wild west when it comes to like, you know, yeah. and rules and things like right. that. So, um, so at that point, like sometimes in Russia, like they're paying those monthly payments in cash. And so like, uh, and so now mind you, like this is before Instagram, this is before, you know, like, man, you know, so now mind you, I had Instagram, like I'm 25 at the time. <laughs> like, and I had the gram at that time. Listen, man, y'all, these dudes think y'all doing something now, man. Back, this is 09 Russia, 010. Oh my God. So anyway, to, to. <laughs> you can say it, you can say it. You got, you, you getting six figures a month. Six and you can month. easily I mean, post like, Literally, literally like in Russia, like, so the months we get paid in cash, like they would give us armed security and a driver and they, we would go from the team office to the bank and they were they in the back in the private room with a money counter. And I'm in there like, so at that point I got a little Blackberry, right? I got like a little Blackberry and I'm like, 
I'm trying to like sneak the little swings, like, <laughs> like in with the booty counter, like ooh, like I ain't never seen nothing like that. And so I'm like, and I got the armed security right there. I got an assistant from the team. She got the bag of money, and I'm just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like, and so I'm, I mean, but at that time, like documenting it ain't really like, you know, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't the same like this now. So anyway, getting into the story, that's not even the story. The story is, so like. The money count is going, and this is it's going. I'm like, you know, I'm loving it, loving it. And then at the end, like every now and then, she's taking out some bills. I'm like, hold on, like you, you know, you need to count that too. Like that's that's all mine right there. Like so, but every now and then, she's taking out some bills, and then she's, you know, she's straightening up these other ones, and you know, and then at the end, she like she slides them back under the little thing, and she like says something in Russian, and the lady's name was Anna. She's talking to Anna, and I'm like, Anna, what's going on? She's like, hey, that's, you know, that's, that's my money right there. She's like, she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And so they're going back and forth and rushing, and she's like, okay, all right. And then so she's like, all right. And then so, like, so the lady gives me the receipt, letting me know what was deposited or whatever. And I'm like, hold on. And then she gives me another receipt saying, like, I can't see it because it's in Russian, but it's like $5,000 something dollars that she took out. And she gave back, but I, I can see that it's five thousand something dollars. I'm like, yo, what's what's going on? She's like, I'll tell you when we when we get outside. And then so she gets on the phone and she's talking and she's talking in Russian, so I can't understand. And then so I'm like, Anna, what's going on? She's like, she's like, hold on, we're, we're going back to the we're going back to the gym to meet with Beach Cove. Beach Cove is the the uh the he's not the owner of the team, he's the president. He's the president of the team at the time. So it's like we're going back and we're gonna meet with Beach Cove. And so she's on the phone and finally she's like, da da da. Dad's like, yes, in Russian. So she hangs up and I'm like, what's going on? She was like, Beach Cove will explain everything to you when you get back. And I'm like, I'm like you can't tell me. She's like, Keith, please just let, let Beach Cove tell you. And so we get back, I go up there like, you know, I'm kind of mad. Like I'm going on, I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Like, I'm like, and so literally like, so Beach Cove, like his office is at the top of the gym. You go up all these stairs. And then after you go up all these stairs, you got to take an elevator to get all the way up to the top where his office is. You go up there, there's a door, there's a wood door, and then behind the wood door, there's a steel door, reinforced steel door, and then you got to open that. So you go in the office, and then, like, it's just like something out of a movie, man. It's this fat Russian guy with a big-ass mole on his chin, and he's sitting there. He, he can barely speak English, and he's sitting there. And so Anna, she comes in, she's behind me, and they're talking, and I'm kind of, like, going back and forth. I'm looking at them, and so he's like, and he's like, He's like, Beast Cove wants to apologize to you for the money that was returned. And I was like, okay, yeah, but what's wrong? She was like, yeah, the, the bank can't accept money when uh, it has residue of, of cocaine on it. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I was like, what? And then so I was like, oh, what, what you mean, cocaine? He's like, I mean, I didn't do nothing. I, she's like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. Don't worry. And she was like, some of the bills were wet. Some of the bills had cocaine residue. It's all right. So Beast Cove, he grabs the money. He was like, he grabs the file. It's like, like 5,200, 5,300, something like that. He grabs it. He's like, Keith. He was like, problem? Like, don't worry. So he, he puts the money down on the side of like, where well, I don't know if he threw it in the trash or he threw it down in a little drawer that he had down there. He's like, okay. And then he turns around and there's like a big ass safe like this. And he's like, Ooh. and he opens it up. There's a big ass brick of euros, dollars, rubles, all that. Takes out like the big ass brick, throw it on the table, and then he tells you like he tells her to come around. She counts out fifty three hundred, and he's like, "Good, okay, okay, all right, go, go." 
And I, I walk out with the money and that was it. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> I mean, I was like, damn, like I'm not. <laughs> Dang, talk about Dick, that's the wildest story we've heard so far. <laughs> hey. Keith, we're like, we're we're probably what? We probably 20 episodes in. Okay. That's yeah. the that's the wildest story we've heard. <laughs> Yo, man, I spent five years in Russia, man. Russia, Russia was Russia was a beast. It's, it's beautiful because you can do everything you want, but at the same time you gotta navigate it like carefully. Yeah. You gotta be careful. Protect yourself. You do, you really do. Man. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so so you 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 leave Russia. Right. right after five years, right after acting a plum nut in all these leagues and giving everybody business the business and work and dropping everybody off, and then you go where from Russia? I went to China. And what made you make the decision to leave Europe to go to China? Okay, so that, that's that's a there's two parts to that to that answer. So first, like. A lot of people don't really understand this about me. So one of my mentors, my mentor when I, the first year when I got the wrestle was J.R. Holden. Okay. I mean, I took me under his wing, man. And I mean, we talk about game. I mean, just, he was a huge, huge source of the approach, uh, how to approach Europe, how to approach being a professional, mm -hmm. just how to be great, how to be great in your own space. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, I mean, he was huge in that. And so one thing with Europe that I really tried to do, man, was that I wanted, my goal was to, I wanted to see if I was good enough. I challenged myself and said, as long as I'm able to be paid what the other top paid players in my position are in Europe, yep. I wanted to see if I was good enough to take a team that had never done something in Europe and do that. Mm. And I, I was crazy enough to try that, but I, I turned down opportunities like Barcelona, Fenerbahce. Um, you know, I turned down those places because I wanted to see if I could get Milan, Kenki, Kazan to the yearly playoffs or to the final, at least to the final four. My goal wasn't to win it, but I was like, if I can get one of those to the final four, then mm -hmm. I can be the GOAT more so than somebody who, like, Barcelona's been there. Barcelona goes all the time. Sesca goes right. Yeah, this and that. Right. If I can do that one time, I'll be the GOAT. Like, and that was really my thing. Like, I was like, yo, like, all I got to do is do it once. Just once. And so that became my obsession. And so, man, so at the end of, at the end of five years, at that point, at the, at the end of five years in Russia, it was 13 or 14 years. So I, I was burnt out, man, because I had literally given everything I had mm -hmm. in trying to accomplish that. I... I mean, and man, like like you said, a lot of them accolades that he read was all done in that time span. And then so by the time I got to that that last year in Kazan, I was spent, man. I, I needed something different. And I was just like, uh, and it was crazy because we were talking to Minnesota at the time, and they ended up taking Marcus George's hunt because they thought I was too small. Mm. They thought they thought I was undersized for the position, which okay. I mean, that was that was Tibbs uh that was, but that man, they came, they came to uh, Basconia and I had a meeting with uh, Brian Palga and he watched me play and we sat down and we talked and I mean, we did all these things. And so I thought it was really going to happen because I was like, all right, like, I'm really done with this at the end. And then so, um, and then so what ended up happening, 
I had a year left on my contract in Russia. And like a lot of like a lot of people don't know this, but I had a, a year, a seven figure year left on my contract. Mm-hmm. I told him like, no, I don't want it. Like I'm mm. I don't want like like I didn't there was I didn't have a contract. I didn't have an offer somewhere else. I was just like, yo, like I literally can't do this because I've given everything that I have. And it's the only way my agent came back to me and was like, look, we I got two Euro League offers for you, but they're both, you know, half a million dollars less than what you've been making the last five years. And I was like, all right, I'm not going. So I mean, I hear, but I mean, it's like my value is like, I still have value. At that point I was 33, going on 34. So I was like, you know, I still felt I had value. And so then um, it was random man in China popped up. And I was like, and that was the freshness that I needed. You know, at that mm-hmm. point I needed something different. My mind was spent, I was tired. I was tired of just the, the you know, I was, I was a little bit tired of Europe, man, to be honest. And so China came and I was like, cool, let's go and do China. And so I went to China and the, only, the one mistake I made with China, I, I had knee surgery in China, but I tell a lot of people that I could use knee surgery as an excuse in China. Cause I had, I had, I hurt my knee the first preseason game. But the truth is when I went to China, I really wasn't prepared to prove myself all over again. Mm-hmm. Like I was here, I was Keith Langford, and you know, I didn't have to prove to you that I need the ball at the end of the shot clock. I didn't have to prove to you that I need the ball at the end of the quarter or that you need to run plays for me, this and that. But when I got to China, I didn't have that name. Like, because a lot of NBA guys come over there. Uh, Jared Sullinger was on my team. He was the NBA guy. And it was like at 34, because I had my 34th birthday in China. And I was just like, I said, man, I don't, no, no, no. Like, you got to just, just give me the ball. Like, I'm not, I'm, not about to, I'm, not, I'm not about to sit here and prove to you in training camp. I don't have that. I didn't have that in me at that time. And then so once I had knee surgery and then I tried to come back and then I didn't have the right mentality. I was like, you know what, this it's not going to work. And it showed in my play as well. I mean, if I'm being honest, it showed in my play. And then so after I tried for about a month after I came back from knee surgery and then it was obviously wasn't going to work. And then so I left China in uh, January of 18, I think that was. Mm-hmm. So you left China. Mm-hmm. And when you left China, you went on to, you actually went back to Israel, correct? Right. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Israel, we all know Israel as one of the premier places for Americans to go to right. just enjoy. Absolutely. Obviously, the basketball is good, but the living. The, life, the lifestyle, yes. Yeah. So was how, in alignment with everything else you were saying, was that kind of a refreshing thing for you, something you needed? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you hit the nail, head on the nail. So, like, so I'm, I'm tired. Um, I get hurt. And I don't play well in China. Um, and and then once I get back, like, so I'm thinking, like, I get back in January and the yearly February, like, the yearly deadline is, like, February 28th, 29th. So I'm thinking, all right, I just came off of winning the top scorer trophy. Like, somebody, I mean, keep playing for the better. Somebody going to sign me. Like, you know, I, I'm not tripping. Like, you know, somebody, like, all right, I'm, like, I'm talking to my guy. I'm, like, yo, what is it? Is it 75 a month, 100 a month? What is I mean, I ain't tripping. Like, hey. And he come back to me, he's like, Keith, you know, nah, nah, nobody, nobody wants you. I'm like, and so at that point, like, I'm like, what you mean, like, nobody, what are you talking about? <laughs> he look, he's like, give me a week, I'll call you back. So for that week, I'm, I'm really like, 
I'm like, man, he coming through. Because, like, literally from this time, like, literally from all this, like, 10 years plus, like, every, like, majority of the phone calls have been, all right, yo, you need to choose between this, this, and this, and this, and this. Like, yeah. he was like, and when he called me back, he was like, look, man, he's like, you got hurt. You didn't play well. Last team you played on, you scored a lot, but you guys lost. And he was like, look, man, like, there's nothing. And I was like, hold on, man. You mean I've been doing all all the stuff my man, my man Big Dave just read off. <laughs> and you mean there's no job? Are you serious? There's no job. So he's like, no. Nah. I mean, straight up. And then so it's like, and just like the, the what I told you earlier, instead of blaming him, trying to find a new agent, trying to do all this stuff, I just said, you know what? I said, then what's out there, man? He was like, look, man, he's like, you can go to Rishon for, for eight games. And they'll give you, I think I'm gonna say it was like 30 or 40,000, something like that. I mean, I, and I was like, it wasn't even about to win. He's like, look, they got eight games left. He's like, you need to go there and just show that you can still play. And then I was like, I said, all right, man, we'll leave. And now that, that was it. I was like, set it up, send it to me, and I'll go, man. I, don't, I mean, and so I went, I was 20 for eight games, and I was healthy the whole time, and I showed I could play, and then. I saw him with Panthers during the summer. Yep. So that gets you that gets you the grease. Before we before we talk about this part of your career, mm-hmm. we want to ask. I want to ask this question. Okay. Out of all the dudes you faced, all these places you done been, right? Mm-hmm. Who cooked you? Ooh. You did a lot of cooking. You Who did cooked you? Cooking. You, Listen, you did, did a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is funny because I just I just texted this guy two days ago. It's funny you say that. I just te- listen. I have literally never been cooked in my career. Never, never, never been cooked. And there have been some guys that kind of like make me struggle on offense, but I've never been in a situation where I played against somebody like, yo, there's nothing I can do to this guy. And it didn't happen. I was in China. I was in China, and. <laughs> I was just, so the good thing about this is that it's like, I don't think this footage is ever going to be out there. This thing like, it ain't no, it's not, nobody going to be able to pull it up. And listen, man, I got synergy, fam. <laughs> before you release it, just let me know. Let me see. I got you. So look, so, so I was playing in Shenzhen for the Shenzhen Leopards in China. Okay. And. Jeremy Pargo had played for the Shenzhen Leopards the year before. Mm-hmm. And so he had like an ugly breakup with them. And like, oh, it was, they had accused him of doing some stuff. Anyway, it was an ugly breakup. And so he had just came back to China. And I want to say it was maybe his first or second game back. And man, we came in the gym and it was like, oh, you know they saw, because he had replaced somebody, you know they saw Pargo. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I done played against Pargo before. And when he was in Maccabi and I was in Kenki. And, you know, I know Fargo, Fargo, who can jump. You know what I mean? Everybody know you're athletic. And, mm-hmm. Man, look, and the crazy thing, the first quarter, I started out the game, moving, got like a quick eight, 10. Oh my God, we winning. And all of a sudden, man, this dude just, I don't know, man. He, he just, he hit me with a couple of joints, got to the rack. Chinese players wasn't helping. Like, so I, <laughs> <laughs> there was no help. And then, so like, once I'm, I'm biting on the drive, he starts snatching back and hezzying. And, and then, so I started to get a little more physical. Then he started pulling up from like three or four feet behind the zone. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm looking around. I'm tired. It's hard. I'm like, it's like, 
<laughs> Yo, I, I was like, hey, it was funny, but I literally like thought to myself, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. <laughs> he, hey, listen, man, I've never been done like that in my career, man. He, what he, he finished like, with? What he finished with? Oh, man, I want to say he damn near had 50. It, it had to be at least 50. I mean, if, if he had 50, I had like 38 of them. 50. <laughs> I had, ooh. And it, it was no help. No help. No, just me and him. I mean, just. Hey, Dave, why he get to blaming his teammates, though? Why he get to blaming his teammates? <laughs> I wasn't going to be that guy, like, but I mean, but I was, a couple times I was looking around, like, where y'all at? But. You need to blame him. Man, I mean, it's, it's, it's American on American. It's the management. Uh -huh. The man didn't have yeah, somebody. It ain't mine. It ain't mine. I mean, and at that point, I was like, man, I don't, don't want to play here no way. So I'm. I'm like, <laughs> 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 trying to whack, man. Trying to weed. It's bound to happen to everybody, man. Right. No question. No question. We've been playing for this many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. This exactly. Don't and it, yeah, as many times as I've been We've had some guests come over here and said it never happened to them. Really? Yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna say they're lying, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's good for them. If it ain't never happened, that's, that's good. For, they ain't played no basketball if it ain't never happened. So, <laughs> all right, so all right, I heard that. Not no real ball. So, nah. Yeah. So, so, with that, I wanna ask you this too. Mm -hmm. Who's the one dude? Cause you done cooked there, damn to everybody, right? So who's the one dude or two or three, however many you want to name off, that had just been real disruptive to what you doing? You couldn't quite figure them out. Yeah. Like who are those dudes? Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, man. I, I literally like Euroleague um, defensive player of the years. Guys, I'm gonna say his name too. Guys like Adam Hanga and these mm -hmm. defensive stoppers. Easy, easy, no problem. Like literally, I'm not worried about. Adam. I'm not worried about anybody. And the first time I played against this guy, I was like, oh no, like, okay, this is, I need to literally get ready for this guy and like mm. watch the film. Because <laughs> the first time I played against him, I just didn't even, you know, I didn't even, Charles Jenkins. Mm. Was yeah. a dog, man. And he's 6'2", he's and he's, he's strong. You know, you can't move him on the post. You can't get him out of there with, with the, off the bounce. He's going to contest. He's going to fight you. He's tough. And I was like, Charles just, Charles ain't biting on no jab step. He ain't biting on mm -hmm. no He's going to keep coming. And, like, a lot of times, like, a lot of guys, like, what I tell people is, like, you can guard moves and you can guard, you know, counters and different things like that, but you can't guard freedom. And a lot mm -hmm. of guys break because of the freedom that I have. You break for the fact that, Damn, Keith don't care if he missed three or four in a row. He coming back and attacking again. Like, it, but man, listen, this guy, you make three or four in a row, it's, it don't matter. The intensity is the same. And I just, and I respect him, man, because he's, he's one of them guys that, like, you know, it's hard as hell. But even if you score on him, you know, he'll still pat you on the butt. You know what I mean? He's, he's just a competitive tough. And, and Charles, man, he's, he's always, every time I played against him, man, it's always been my biggest my biggest challenge by far. I don't, I don't care who the other defenders were. Or, he, he's, he's been tougher than even some double teams I've had to face. That's, mm. that's no BS, seriously. All right, Keith, man, question of the day. Mm. Your favorite country that you would live in? That you've played? Country, 
that I played in. That you, the countries you played in, which one would you say that, man, I can live here? And why? I, I was just Israel. Um, I mean, going back to, I mean, man, going back to what Alvin was talking about earlier, just the, uh, the atmosphere, the language, uh, the lifestyle, the, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's also one of the few places in, in, and it's not even Europe, you know, technically, which, which also amazes me that Israel is part of the European mm -hmm. League, but it's one of the places where, like, they don't look at, you know, you know, the, the, the black man or the, the black athlete in a certain way, like, you know, like in other places, you don't, you know, you, it's the one place where you can be yourself more than, than, than anywhere else. And then taking into consideration just the way the, the Israeli life is and the restaurants, and like I said, the language, I mean, they, they, just, they just do a great job all the way around. And even, um, and I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy my time in Maccabi and even more so uh, the time when I was in Rishon. So yeah. we, 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 we just started asking this question. I hope I don't catch you off guard with this. <clears throat> a lot of people don't understand that the competition in Europe is, is tough. It's not easy. You know, it's a lot of dogs that come over here and play. Everybody come and get at it, right? Yeah. So if you had to make a starting five mm -hmm. of players that you've played against, played with, uh, Europeans, Americans, yeah. who, would that, who would that starting five be? Oh, man. Uh, so, um, my point guard is going to be, listen, I, I think he's one of the most underrated guys. He's uh, Kino Cologne. He plays with Valencia right now, but he was my point guard at Kazan for, three, for two, two years. And, um, man, look, this guy, like, I mean, he looks like Little, little white man at the liquor store, but I mean, yeah, he looked chunky out there, but he get busy. Little, little chunky dude, he bald, man. But listen, man, this guy can hoop. He can hoop. He see everything. He not scared. And I mean, I was like, yo, like, and I was mad at Kazan. When they signed him, I was like, yo, like, why did you bring him? Like, but listen, man, this guy got out there. He competed. And I mean, I challenge anybody to go look at film of this guy. He's incredible. That's my point guard. Um, Devin Smith. Mm -hmm. Is uh gonna be on listen man, I, Smitty. When I played with him, he's one of the few teammates that I like. When I look over, and I can be like, all right, let's turn it up, let's go. Like he's right there, he's ready. And I mean, you talk about a guy. I, I just love playing with him, man. He was all out competitor, great. Um, I'm gonna take Richard Hendricks. Um, yep, big fella. Be rich, man. He's in Japan now. You know, Be Rich don't like to work hard, but not, <laughs> not, not anymore. Hold on, Rich. Now, let me take that. Not anymore. Rich, Rich just want to play cerebral ball now. He don't. He don't want. He don't want to grind like he used to. But I, I get it. You know, we we up in age now. But man, Big Rich was a uh, Big Rich was amazing, man. Probably you know one of the smartest and uh, you know one of the most people with the most intangibles. I mean, everything he did on the court always contributed to winning. And I, I got I got a huge Huge respect for um, for Big Rich, and so, and then, um, and you know the the European, the other European guy uh, that I will put in there, like uh, he doesn't play anymore, but he uh, this guy named Mirza Teletovic. Yeah, um, you know Mirza. Hey man, look, a lot of, before he went to the NBA, and he was in uh, like a lot of people know it as Basconia now, but back then it was. Ah, yeah. I mean, this guy was 6'9", could shoot that thing from anywhere, was athletic, 
And I mean, he could freaking play, man. Like, I remember the team was him, Tiago Splitter, Walter Herman. Uh, I mean, oh man, they had, they had they had an amazing team, man. They they were really good. I mean, and we we could never do anything with him. He always gave us <coughs> gave us problems. And then um, and then the two, I'm I'm not putting nobody for myself. I can't. I was that. wondering what you were doing. <laughs> Hey, I, I hey you know, I'm, I'm saying that for the last, you know. Hey, so my man, went, my man went point guard three, yes. four, <laughs> five. Oh, no, he went five, four. I'm like, hold on, he left this two open, Dave. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nah, I, 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 that'd, be, that'd be crazy. Ain't no way. <laughs> okay. Now, so let, let's kind of dive back into your career a little bit. Um. So, so you get past all that. Now you're at this point. Uh, you move on. You go to Panathinaikos, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you're in Euroleague that year. Right. Can you kind of describe? I know there was some one. There was some crazy stories from that season, right? I know. I know for sure there's some crazy stuff going on with Panathinaikos at that time. <laughs> um, Who's on your but, team, by the way, at Panathinaikos? Uh, Nick Calathis, James Gist, uh, yeah. Stefan Lasme. Mm -hmm. You know, the usual suspects. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had guests was a guest on our show. Oh, y'all had JC? Okay, I gotta go check that out. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had a minute ago. Um, but can you talk a little bit about a little bit about that experience and then I want you to kind of segue that into you making I was 35, and mm -hmm. I looked at it as like, this is my last chance to, um, I, I already know his Knicks team, you know, Nicolaitis, you know, he, he's the guy, but I was like, you know, for the goal that I set out for myself, um, I was like, this is my last, I, I want to show, like, I'm not going to leave Europe in that way. Like, the last image of me is going to be different. And so I recharged the batteries, and when this Panathinaikos opportunity came, the way it was told to me was that hey, look, I'm gonna be you and Nick in the backcourt. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, and and I don't mind. Like, I said at this point, like, I you know, I don't mind like going to being the second or third best player on on a team. And so, but what I didn't realize is that when I got to Brandon Eichels, it's more like, like you ain't playing with Nick. You on the same team as Nick. Mm -hmm. Difference. And so, uh, Pasquale. Um, who's the coach at the time, he's a very big stickler for details and plays and system and things <laughs> like that. And, and he has a plan and a format and a way of doing things. And man, it, it was something that was, it was uncomfortable for me because it was like, okay, maybe you'll start two games and then maybe two games you won't start. Maybe two games you will play, uh, 25 minutes and then two games you only play 10 or 12. And so for me, that was, you know, one thing it did do for me was I was like, you know what, I'm, it made me glad that I did it the way I did for the majority of my career because that's not really the way I wanted to, to play. And that's the good thing about being a pro is that you have the freedom to make your decisions and choose how to approach your career. And so I didn't want to like, if, if being on a big team is, is what it meant, like, that I would have to have done that for 10, 12, 13 years, then I wouldn't have been happy the way it came out. So I, I played my part because I'm definitely 
I, at 35, I definitely wasn't the guy at 27 that could go out there and fight with anybody for 35 minutes at, mm -hmm. at the height, of, the height of, of, of whatever intensity. But um, I, I, I wanted it to be a little bit better, though. You know, I, I thought I had a little bit more to give, but when I had my chances, um, I, 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 gave, I gave what I gave. And, uh, but, you know, what, what it did do was that it, it lit another fire in me, like for mm -hmm. a second, like renaissance. And I was like, wow, man, like, and, and Greece was, living here was great. And I really loved like the culture and, and the way that, even though Greece is not at the top of European basketball, like if anyone has played here, they understand the, um, the level of intensity that people pay attention to the game and that the level of, and, the, and how hard the guys in the league play because the guys here are trying to, Guys are either taking that next step or they're at the last step. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you get a good mixture of guys trying to prove themselves and guys still trying to prove they got it. And so, man, you get some, you get some, some very intense basketball and hard play basketball. And I'm going to say it's at the highest level because, you know, obviously with guys on those two ends of the spectrum, like, it can be a little inconsistent at times. But, but it's still a great atmosphere. And, I mean, like I said, combined with – the, the lifestyle and the attention that they pay to pay the attention they pay to the game is great, but this definitely ain't the place to come in the prime of your career trying to make money. I'll, I'll be honest and say that off the grid. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, I think you wanted to jump into this fun, this last little bit of questions you had. Oh man, he covered. <laughs> everything that you talk about, to be honest with you, man, we just appreciate, you know, you yeah. on the show, you know, that you're a well-known name around Europe, have been for years. I mean, even when we was playing, which, uh -huh. you know, probably the beginning of your career when it was in the middle of ours, your mm -hmm. name, you came in with a bang. So, man, we just wanted to give you our, you know, we created this to give all the players that played in Europe that in Europe, they're flowers. So, you know, yeah. so people in America, people at home could, you know, understand what we go through as European players because, you know, we all get the little dumb questions about how you live oh, there. war over there, man. How can you handle all this? How you eat the food? But, you know, this, 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 this teaches everybody, you know, what really goes on. But is there anything that um, you would like to say to maybe the younger generation that's coming in, to, uh, that's coming to Europe to play that don't know anything like us. They don't know just like we don't know, like we do. Right. So. Hmm. You know what, I, I think the main thing that, like I told a guy this, I forgot his name. He played, he plays for a team here in Greece. This is his first year over here. He, he, he came from, uh, he played in Montana last year. And he's that's here. my dude, Saeed Pridgett. Bridget, okay, okay. I, I don't know if he told you, but they, I, I talked to him after the game that we played. And mm -hmm. Saeed was doing like, he was doing a lot of talking during the game. And it was like, not, not talking trash, but he was talking mm -hmm. about like, oh, this guy not doing this. And oh, they're not doing that. And oh, and, and I was like, after the game, I was like, look, man. <clears throat> yeah. At this point in your career, and this is for any young guy. Yep. Especially when you come in the back door. The thing you need to focus on is yourself. You got to focus on the things you do best. You got to be as professional as you can. 
don't if he don't pass the ball, if he don't box out, if he don't run the play right, all that don't matter. You lock in to be as good as you can possibly be, and then you got to make sure at the end of the day, because the jobs are, man, they they, they come and go. You got to make sure that you're protecting your job. You got to make sure you're protecting your well-being and your professionalism, and you need to be ready to play every time you get on the floor. All that talking, man, like, oh, man, why you didn't go up? Oh, oh, it, uh, uh. No, man, that, Saeed need to worry about Saeed. And then I, yeah. told, I also told him, and what I tell everybody else is, look, the, the point when it takes off for anybody in Europe, when it takes off from 160 to 350 to 500 to 1 million to 1.8, 2.2, whatever, the point when it takes off is when you have two feet in over here. Like, you got one foot in the States and one foot out, or you G-leaguing and then you coming over here and then you, ah, and you halfway through the season, can't do that. You got to be great where you at. I don't care if you in second division one game a week, if you in BCL, if you in Euro Challenge, like yeah. you got to be great where you at in that moment and have two feet in because you're not going to get the most of what Europe can offer. Um, you know, if if you if you focused on what's going on somewhere else. And then the last thing, um, the last thing, man, which is I think one of the things is the most important is we touched on it earlier when we talked about you know, going somewhere and they don't have ice and they don't have extra t-shirts and they don't mm-hmm. have, have that. Listen, man, I was, I played in a place where they didn't have somebody to take ankles. They didn't have them. Yeah. Like, and listen, and it, it got so particular that I didn't like the way the uniform fit. So I took my shit to a tailor. Like I took it to a tailor because I know I want the Jersey to come right here. I want the shorts, I want the shorts to fit like, so, and that's, that's one of the beautiful things about Europe that people don't understand is that like, Okay, the rules are a little, you know, uh, a little funny, you know, a little fidgety, but that also gives you room to create what you need. Yeah. So, so that's you can go to a tailor, or you can you can go find uh, a masseuse if you do a little research online. You can go find you can so you can shape these things and make them to what you want them to be, even if you don't have the you don't have the resources, but you need to be resourceful. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can, right. Uh, to that point, my young guy, man, the dude I was telling you that didn't have the water on the table, you know what I told him? What's that? How hard would, would it be for you to go grab five bottles of water for the whole team? It would oh, cost you $3, dog, $5. Exactly, exactly. Don't do that, man. That's what I'm Listen, it just, it just takes you to another level, man. Listen, and, and I tell God, I'm, you're right, man. The water should be there. It should be there. You're yes. right. But listen, yes. man, you go to a whole other level, man. You go to a whole nother level if you can, if you can do that. You can go grab water and be like, "Hey, you good? You need one?" And everybody will be like, "Dang, what's? Why he not complaining like all the other Americans do? Right? Why he not? Man, some this dude, he move a little different. You know what I'm saying? So, well, when that's, that's, that's really what it's gonna come down to, man. You you really got to understand either that that little stuff of getting water, not complaining, that keeps oh, you man, up. Listen, yes, that keeps you yes. a job because these teams and coaches talk to each other. When Absolutely. They, Absolutely. When playing, coaches don't like that. Your teammates don't like that. They don't like you. Make sure you sit like, damn, well, I don't have a job. I averaged 15 last year. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what people don't know is these European coaches, they take players with them when they go oh, to yeah. jobs. Yeah. So, and and that, that happens all the time, man. I had my coach from Kinky brought me to Milan. I mean, like, and I mean, it just, man, these things happen, man. And so, like, the, the better you can operate and navigate, man, like, and, it's, and you just got to listen. 
because I mean the information is out there. So as long as you're resourceful, man, you you're good. So um, man, I appreciate you guys having me on for sure, man. Let me let me talk because and Mark Marcus know this. Marcus know I like the I like <laughs> I don't know what he told y'all before, but I was like I said I told him man, I, t- I told him, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him now. I, I ain't, I'm gonna <laughs> no, but but that's why we built this. We want dudes to come on here and be real. We're not doing the politically correct like nah. Let's talk. Absolutely, absolutely. No, no, no. This, this, this is great, and I'm, and I, I really, I feel, I feel awful that I hadn't, like, really, because I heard of it before. When, because when he said, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this before, that I really hadn't listened to any of them before. But I mean, this is extremely informative, man. It's, it, it can help you guys. It, even if it only helps two or three, you know what yep. I mean? It's, 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 it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? And you guys are doing yep. a great job. Man, so. Everybody got a different story, a different character, so you know, you get a different point of view from, you know. Everybody comes on, man. So, you know, it's dope, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Man. You're able to lie. A lot of great gems that you dropped. Right, right, right. In the show. So, uh, okay. for people who want to hey, turkey, man, let's get, let's get some tea. Let's get some tea, man. Some, some chai. Yeah, man, we, we get some chai. Let's get some chai, man. Let's get some chai. <laughs> <laughs> you get some fine kebab if you want. This one up. Okay. Yeah, you know Hey, you know what else we need to do with you? What's that? Um, so I'm in Seattle. Okay. And in the summer, man, I'm, I'm sure you heard of the Jamal Crawford Pro-Am. Oh, 100%. 100%. We got to get you up here, dog. We got to get you up as here. Long as, as long as I get – if I get to play against Jamal, man, you – hey. Oh, that's I'm, easy. I'm in there. I'm in there. Listen, all right. Because I'm, cause I'm, I'm going I'm going to a 40. That's that's what I'm, I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to a 40. So I'm – I need to see what it, you know what I mean? I need, I need to see it up close in person. I, I would love that, man. I would Listen, he, he, show, I'm still trying to get at <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can set that up easy, though. That's nothing. Hey, hey I don't know, Joe. I would love to, man. One okay. Time. And that's, that's Jamal. Biggest, Jamal's hey. like my brother. So I can He's, set that oh, up. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I can, I can definitely yeah. set that up. Hey, tell him, don't be like, don't look at this dude crazy. Like, why are you playing so hard? But don't like, <laughs> I'm just trying you to know see. What? You know what? You know what you may have done? What's that? He just told me, Jamal just told me like two days ago. Yeah. He's like, man, so you just not going to have me on the show? I said, Maul, you ain't been to Europe. <laughs> it's like, man. <laughs> so he's like, man, get me on the show. I'm like, I got to come up with a reason. But this may be the reason. You mentioned it him. Maybe oh, the reason, man. you know what I mean? Oh, oh man, that, that, would, that would be sweet, man. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do that. If so, you set so, that up, right. I'm in there. So COVID, COVID willing, I'm in there, brother. Right. <laughs> so for well, the, man, we, we, we know, really appreciate you, man. So for the people who don't know how to follow you, get in contact with you, Wayne, what's your at, your handle, Instagram, Twitter? Um, so uh, Twitter is uh, Keith underscore Langford. Uh, Instagram is Keith Langford, then underscore at the end. And then if, if any of you boys out there, man, young boys, any of y'all really, really want, you know, Want to want to talk? Want to want to chop it up? Want to want to listen? I should I should say that. Listen, aklangford at gmail.com, Man, hit me up. That's big time. Yeah, that's dope. Hey man, like I said, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate everything that you you know talked about, man. It was a great show, man. Great show. Absolutely, I had a great time, man. I appreciate you. I'm sorry I didn't come on sooner, man. Thanks. For appreciate you, dog. Thanks for watching the Euro Stepping Podcast. Catch us on Next One's YouTube page and nextones.com. You can also catch us on Everything Audio, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's Eurostepping Podcasts, no G. Because we got all the game.
Thought it was a joke, what they still playing games for? Holes in my denim, never holes in my game, no. You won't be just like me, they don't love you the same, no. The series three to nothing, and I'm back home for game.